As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Where are you going? We're going to miss the plane! When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the plane? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I have a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home alone. I'm gonna kill that kid! Why'd you take your shoes off? Why do you dress like a chicken? Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Coming November 16th. What's up? Welcome in on this Christmas week edition and themed podcast as the Bears get ready to potentially win three in a row and maybe put up 30 points again. That would be four games in a row. Do you know the last time that's happened, Johns? Um, never. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> Basically, the 80s. never. The answer to that question is 1965. Get out. The, the last time the Bears scored 30 points in four straight games. Isn't that the rookie year of Dick Buckus and uh, Gail Sayers? Sounds right. I got to check that. Shout out to, to my guy Eric Strobel at NBC Sports Chicago for that nugget this morning. It's a good one. Who would have thought that would have been possible a month ago with this offense? Maybe more reason to be worried about this game against the Jaguars. <laughs> Well, after last night's game, the Bengals upsetting the Steelers. Although the Steelers, they have looked bad for a bit. Like the right, I think the, the Bears would beat the Steelers right now. Yeah, ben, Big Ben looks like old Ben right now. Um, it's yeah, they got some problems there. They got to figure out with two weeks left for the playoffs because they're in, they're in. Um, but the Jets win over the the Rams. Yeah, you're you're feeling a little bit better. I don't want to say better, but. You're liking your Jaguars potential upset of the Bears, aren't you? Not really. No. No. Okay. I, I think honestly, I think the the Jets winning was like a because you know we know Nagy always uses stuff from other heck he'll use stuff from the NBA sometimes. You he'll know? use that Bengals game. So, I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, and he's already said he brought up the Jets game on Monday with his team, so it's out I was there. Also- there's, there's no reason for, and, and like I like what he said the most, which was we haven't done anything yet. Like yeah, the Bears aren't yeah. a team that's like has any business just skipping a game. No, no. I also think it's a good thing that they only had two Pro Bowl players too. And oh yeah, guys little, like motivation, little personal motivation. Guys like Roquan Smith, Allen Robinson, who had great cases. Akeem to be Hicks, Pro Bowl players. Akeem Hicks. You know it sticks with a guy like that. Yep. I mean Roquan Smith was a big snub. Little personal motivation heading in the Jaguars week. I didn't know this until I looked this up yesterday. That Pro Football Focus, you know, our guys over there at Pro yeah, Football Focus, in Ireland, yeah. they have him ranked Roquan Smith the thirty first linebacker, 
and you go to the run grades that they have on him, 92nd. Behind one spot behind John Bostic, our guy. My guy. My guy. <laughs> like, wh- look, I understand <laughs> that they're going to be off sometimes, and like it's all subjective for the most part. How could you be that wrong, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah look, they do some nice things. He has 17 uh, tackles for loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, four sacks. You look at the numbers, you know, at another advanced site, Pro Football Reference, and he's great in coverage. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know sometimes. I don't know what they're seeing sometimes. And, yeah. you know, I, I would just tell everybody not to make too much out of certain grades like that. Well, and I, I've learned to try to not get fired up about how they grade a certain guy in one week. There's two games left of the season. He deserves to be in the Pro Bowl and potentially get all pro recognition. And you got have the guy rank 31st. Like something's off. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like there's there's a Pro Bowl snub, and then there's just like, I don't know, not paying attention to what's happening. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, welcome in. We're here. It's Christmas week. Hope everybody is uh making the most out of their their 2020 Christmas experience, whatever whatever it will be for your family. Hopefully, everyone's safe and healthy. Make smart decisions this week, and we're gonna have some fun. We just pulled Adam Johns away from Home Alone too to do this podcast. Thank you for uh, taking the time for us today, Johns. I can't wait to watch more Christmas movies. <laughs> well, we know what you're doing the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie. I can't wait to get into it with you okay. about it. But yeah. Yeah, you have a hot take with Home Alone. It's too. not. I don't think it's as hot as you think it is. But okay. Well, we'll get into that, <laughs> and we're gonna have some fun with Christmas movies later. Our friend Dion Miller is uh, joining the podcast today, first time all season, I believe, and uh, we love her very much. She's one of our most loyal pod. She's probably our most loyal podcast listener in the media. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like other ones just check in to see if they're. Voice traps are being played. <laughs> like Kevin Fishbane? <laughs> yes. Who will, all, who will also be in the podcast later? Who, who just listens to Tuesday episodes to hear himself. Yeah, like he doesn't listen. Opine and Northwestern. No. The Fishman doesn't listen. No. The Catman listens. The Catman listens. He definitely listens. Take that. Yeah, I don't know who else listens, but we appreciate you if you do. Uh, Dion definitely does, and uh, she's going to be on the podcast today and we're looking forward to that also kevin fishbane uh and we have your voices the voicemails coming up follow us on twitter at adam hogue h-o-g-e at adam johns j-a-h-n-s you should read us uh my 10 bear sings up this morning actually a lot of people have been asking us on twitter johns to hold the defense accountable i did i brought up some reasons why you should uh 100% have high expectations for this defense. And even though they're good, they should be better. So uh, I wrote about that a little bit today on, t- on uh, NBCSportsChicago.com. You can find that. Of course, Johnsy's on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns where you can get that great two-for-one deal. Uh, and still time to do that this week. What a great gift. You can uh, use that t- to figure out a last-minute Christmas gift. You know, I got to say, Christmas shopping is impossible this year. Why? Because it's all online? But here's the problem. Our Prime account is under my wife's stuff. So anytime I order something on Amazon Prime, she gets an email about it. So how the <laughs> hell am I supposed to shop for her? You know, there's other websites you can visit. Yeah, but you don't get that two-day shipping. You could put a mask on and physically put yourself inside a store. I guess now I can. I've already had it, so I could just—I could be one of those idiots that walks into a store and lays down on the ground because I don't want to put a mask on. Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. Um, you know, like it was easier like before you were married, and there were like joint accounts and stuff. So at one point early in our marriage, I would like take money out just sporadically. You know, like I was going to the bar with the boys. Ew, you were hiding money. That sounds like a great yeah. mar- marital thing to do. <laughs> this is great marital advice, guy. <laughs> great marital advice. You got like an you got a secret offshore account in the Caribbean or something? 
I wish. I wish. Okay. When you take a couple hundred out for the bar on a weekend, you know, this is this is going back to young Adam, young married Adam. You would leave a couple twenties. Three know, of our just, listeners just said to themselves, <laughs> so like three years ago? <laughs> no, I wish. No. No, no, that, that was like like three kids ago. Um, you just save a little money, then you go pay, you know, in cash. Well, that's what I normally do is I go out. I go you to the, still do that. I yeah. go to the mall two days before Christmas. and I just, <laughs> Now that's bad marital advice. Yeah, right I know, there. but I do it every year. Damn football season. Oh, when did it all of a sudden become December 23rd? Told you the season flies by. I remember when I was a kid and like... I was, you know, as soon as December 1 came and the advent calendars were out, it was like every day felt like four days. Yeah. It's like, come on. And now covering football, it's like, oh, it's December. That's cool. Let's get in the holiday spirit. Let's hang some lights in. Oh, crap. It's Christmas Day. When did that happen? And that's uh, what we're, we're going through. I did, I did, just so you know, I did f- find websites to buy some things online. Um, I called Santa Claus. Santa's gonna take take care of some things too, and make sure the Christmas presents are under the tree. But I know some of our listeners are going through the same thing. It's kind of hard. And then, you know, they they bring the packages to your door. Like one came this morning. I think it's for me. It's blatant what it is. It's not discreet at all. I think I got a fan. Mm. According to what the. The Amazon. I also call the Amazon Prime guy my wife's secret boyfriend. Ah, guy shows up five times a day. <laughs> it's insane. That was a fun tangent. Let's get back on track. Bears, Vikings. They got to win. You call their voicemail line two weeks in a row. Victory voicemails. It's weird, but it happened. Let's uh, let's hear what you guys had to say after the Bears win. Hello. Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! That's right, boys. We're back. It's our Bobble the Browski. Hello, channel. It's called me Bobble the Browski. Please say the Browski bear for life. Still Nick Wachowski. You know, not a lot of words rhyme with the Browski, but we got a little rhyme in there for a John Z. Bear. Uh, anyway, I'm up in Minnesota here. We're about to watch the Bears behind Mitch Herbisky absolutely dismantle these Norsemen, these scandalous Norsemen from the north. I can't stand them. Cannot stand it. Uh, but, hey, six and seven, what do you need? You need a little northern cooking. You can destroy them. It's, a, it's what the Bears do. You know, Mitch went under Nagy, never lost against the Vikings. Going to continue today. Back in the hunt. Go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. We're in the driver's seat for that seventh seed. Love it. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Lads, I'm all in. Extend Mitchell Trubisky. We are not going to find a better QB in the offseason. Give him another year. Give him two years. Just let's see what he does now that he's playing with confidence. What's up, Robert Quinn? Now that's the way to end that sack drought. Let's hope for more. Guys, guys, guys. Quinn did something. Wait, let me say it again. Quinn, he did something. Oh my God, him and Akeem Hicks almost ate up Kirk Cousins. How you like that? Solid first half, guys. I'm giving the team a B plus. Maserati Mitch is driving nice and smooth. Let's get some third quarter points here and end the Viking season. Bear down. Sam Mustafer is legit a mauler. Why has it taken so long for this guy to get on the field? Let's go, Bears. We just scored in the third quarter. Montgomery's running the ball. Amazing. We got a center risky. Don't at me. Bear down. Yeah, I want to know if you guys think this offense can be sustained. Because if it is, there's no reason to fire Nagy, fire Pace. 
Uh, re-sign Mitch, re-sign A-Rob. I mean, this offense, one of the best in the league these past couple weeks. I don't think that's an overstatement. Two words. Cairo Santos. Two more words. Bear down. And we had good Rex, bad Rex, and that interception in the end zone. Good Mitch for the rest of the game. Bad Rex, bad Mitch for that last throw in the game. Can we just for once run the clock out? Damn. Big exhale today, boys. We did it. Signed Mitch, $500 million. I don't understand why we're even trying in these games anymore. It's only hamstringing our future. There's no point at this point. This team can't win a playoff game. I'm done. Okay, I just had to say, there's no way you can put that interception on Trubisky. Two minutes before he throws that pass, Greg Jennings talks about how clean the game is, how no one's turned the ball over. I've never seen a more clear announcer jinx in my life. Bear down. Well, Pace woke up this morning, so I was on Shadow. Now we have 12 more months of him, Maggie Trubisky. God. Go Bears. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Don't snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Please don't suck, just ignore your history. Playoffs! Playoffs! This is Frank Costanza. You think you can keep us out of the playoffs? We're coming in lock, stock, and barrel. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to be all over those special teams, and there's nothing Aaron Rodgers can do about it. Ho, 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 ho. It was the night before Christmas or a couple of days before then, and what put my wandering eyes to the fear? Why, it's an offense, and it's led by Mitch Trubisky. It looks like Derek Rose in his prime. Yeah, sure, every once in a while he throws a bad interception. Oh, should we go home and cry the mama? No, no. This is the Bears. This is December football. 150 plus yards on the ground. Love it. Okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to support my local bars. Get 100,000 beers to go. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bear down. We got this Super Bowl. There you have it. First to call it, Bob Dabrowski's going Super Bowl. I think that's also the seventh time he's done that this year. But if it happens, he'll be the one who's right. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be right eventually. One day. Maybe not this year. Got to be right sometime. He, he's right about Adam Shaheen down in Miami. Did you see that run? Yeah, I'm surprised you weren't breaking down Adam Shaheen tape this morning instead of watching Home Alone <laughs> 2. Why is everybody on my case about this? I don't know. It was a fair point. We never saw anything like that from the guy. Not once. Well, we not saw once. it in practice a lot. No, not even that. Like, but, I saw him out leap guys in practice, not run over guys, but... Yeah. Ah. He's also made, like, one play every three weeks. So... Still in the league. Will be in the league. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's bring in a longtime friend of the podcast. You've heard her before, and it's great to have her back. Dion Miller from ABC7 is here. Hey, Dion. Hey, guys. I'm really excited. I'm really, like, excited to be here. I am a longtime, loyal, faithful listener every week. And um, I, I told Adam Johns that I, like, want to call. I've wanted to call in so many times during a game, like, from the studio at ABC7. <laughs> And just leave it, just just Dion from State Street and see like what comes out of my mouth when I was real fired up about things. Um, But no, I I think you guys are incredible and I love listening and it's always entertaining, always fun. So thank you for having me. It's great to have you here, Dion. If if you do call into the voicemail line, you have to throw on the thickest Chicago accent that you could come up with (laughs) in order for it to to work and to make the cut through our producer, Kent, just so you Uh know. Kyle Long had to do it. You know, he he, did. Didn't even know it was him. I, I, I like I didn't I, when you said it I, I went back and listened and I'm like I couldn't I, I didn't even know that was him that was very well done I don't know that I could do that so 
perhaps it's better that I don't. If I didn't know, if I didn't know that he had called in, I wonder if I would have recognized it. He did yeah. a good accent, but it was like the first word that came out of his mouth. Yeah. Like the first sound was like his voice before he got into the accent. So that's yeah. how I was able to. It, it's, it's like he realized, oh, I got to go full bit here oh, <laughs> to, yeah, to make it work to make the cut. <laughs> like, oh shit, I, I, I'm in. I got I to gotta go all in right. now. Um, right. One of the things I miss so much about not being at house hall this year is like showing up on a random Thursday or something and seeing you in the parking lot. Deanna, and you'll immediately be like bringing up something from the podcast. I, I miss that interaction with you guys so very much. And um, just that camaraderie of like being together and bouncing ideas off of each other and what we think we're feeling from the team. And like, I just, I miss that. I, I feel very far away from you guys as far as that goes. Cause it felt like before we were, we were not just working together. We were doing life together, right? Like we were talking about, stuff and and i just i miss those moments so much but um i do i there are oftentimes where i want to text you guys after i listen because something made me react or laugh out loud or whatever so hopefully it's That's better great. than the text message we would get from chris emma usually angry at us <laughs> yes yes i i miss the treats that you would make us at, at, oh, at yes. alice hall Ah, uh, yes. I am still baking for my family, but um, not as excited to do it. I love to do it. I miss that too. I had a whole, you guys, I had like this vision of buying a new cookbook and kind of like baking through it for everybody this year. So oh, maybe 2022. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that up? Now I'm just thinking about all like the yummy Christmas brownies I'm, mi- I'm missing this week. Other sugary snacks. What's coming? Yeah. I know. Christmas I know. is this week. Christmas is this week. All right. Well, Give us your reaction, Dion, as you've covered this season uh, virtually as we have. Just what a roller coaster it's been. It's almost felt like three different seasons. It has. It has felt like three different seasons. And I am learning a lot about myself that I I am incredibly reactionary. Okay. So like I was on board with five and one. I was firing everybody when they <laughs> same, like I, same. I, and I keep <laughs> saying to myself, like I, I need to take a step back. And I, I kept saying that they need to make a change now. Pace and choosing Trubisky is a fireable offense. I, I feel like I've said that out loud, like that, that how you could swing and miss that poorly. And now I'm like, mm, hold that thought. But I feel like this team is this year. I've, cause we've had to be step away a little bit and we're not getting that personal interaction in the locker room like we have before. It's made the way we covered the team different, but it's also given us a different perspective. Cause I feel like this bears franchise is stuck in NFL mediocrity and they can't get ahead. They can't go back. Like it's, it, we're, we're sat- satisfied and settled with eight and eight. I mean, it's, that's not the goal. That's the goal is to win the super bowl. And I don't feel like we're getting closer to that in any way, shape or form. And, and I'm assuming the family doesn't either. Like just because you won a couple games and you're back at 500, that's not the goal. The goal is to be competing with the likes of green Bay. I heard you guys last week. Like, what would it be like to cover a team that was favored by at least a touchdown every time? I mean, like, what would that be like? What? I don't even know it, but that's what the bears should be. And they're not there. And so I do feel like jobs are still, on the line. I really do. Uh, thank God George McCaskey doesn't react like I do because everybody would have been fired weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm glad he's taking a more wise approach, but it's just, it's been different. And, and I, I have missed I, that candidness too. That's the the one thing I hate about post game zooms more than anything is that you aren't right there in, in getting any reaction or running over to somebody else who had an impact on a play and you, you can't just pick who you want to talk to. That's, that yeah. is, I think has changed the way we do our job so much. And that's been a challenge and it's been hard to get a feel for the team because of that. I mean, even when they allow us to come to practice, I mean, they couldn't be further away, right? Like we can't, we, it, they couldn't be further away from us to just look at them for eight minutes and d- decide what that vibe is. You can't get it the same way. And that that's been really difficult and challenging um, to, to feel connected to the team. What I always forget to do as we go through these Zoom calls, I always feel like I'm the last person to raise my little blue hand in the Zoom thing. Like I, I forget, like, oh, Zoom started. I got to get my hand up. And then you're like, question yeah. number nine. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get it in. Like, I'm watching the timer on my, on my recorder. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's at nine minutes already. I'm out. Yeah. You know, I forgot yeah. to get it. You know, I got to adjust again. Um, life over Zoom, right? You know, I've, I've been thinking yeah. about this. Like the, the NFL and teams that get stuck in this, call it purgatory, right? Where the Bears mm-hmm. just seem to be 
forever, right? It's just the, the story of the Bears since 1985, just, just stuck in NFL purgatory with good teams here or there and never really quite bad enough um, to right. get like that first overall pick, right? And when they had their chance, you know, they traded up for Trubisky and, you know, you know here we are. And I was thinking about it, and, and then you see, like, the Jets win. And then you see, like, the Bengals win last night against the Steelers. And mm-hmm. you forget, like, almost like one reason why they're st- like, teams are, are, are stuck in this is because it's it is kind of like the the NFL if you don't have that quarterback like anything is almost possible any week you know these players I, I don't believe in tanking I don't think players believe in tanking maybe organizations mm-hmm. try to do it where I'm coming to grips with, with this team is like there's no way like with what we've seen like that they're going to escape it this year or next year just because it's almost because of the players they have they want to keep winning they're now seven and seven. Like they're, they're, this complete collapse, just isn't going to happen for it to to facilitate like the rebuild and the reshaping of the team that you need. No, you are exactly right, and I I can't ever buy into this like winning is a bad thing. I think that that we right. I will never be that person. I don't think fans should be that way. I hate when they are. I mean, it's like what's what's I mean, you play to win the game. Like thank you, Herm Edwards. But yeah, stating the obvious, that's what you do. That's they're competitive. They want to win, and so. That's you're right about that though, like where the bears are because they it's a tricky need, situation. It's, yeah, it yeah. is. It's so hard. And but I don't know if you guys feel this way, but just in watching Mitch since he came back from being benched, he has a confidence about him that was not there before. And it's it's there the way he answers questions and the way that he carries himself when something goes wrong on the field. He is not. He doesn't look like he should still be in high school. You know what I mean? Like he feels like he belongs a little bit more. And I don't know if that was the mentality of when he got benched or what conversations were had behind the scenes or whatever. But I do feel like he's, he's taken a step, but again, again, I mean, when the other two guys that were on the board are the highest paid players in the league, <laughs> you clearly didn't make the right decision. So I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm struggling with this idea that the benching helped him. Like yeah, I, I, I know Nagy's floated that out there a few times and uh, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like that's, sort of trying to cover his own ass <laughs> like it was a like it was a good thing because I don't see any difference I do Dion see the difference in what you said like maybe the confidence and he's got a little bit of an edge to him that we've seen mm-hmm. a little bit in these zoom calls but in terms of the guy we see on the field I see the same guy what I see is the, the offense finally tailored to him yeah. and working to his strengths I, I so I'm I'm struggling to really buy into this idea that it was the benching and him sitting down for that long that all of a sudden fixed him. I don't know that he's fixed. I, I I know that he just seems to have a little bit more confidence. Now, I'm not saying that the benching was that reason. I'm sure it pissed him off, right? I mean, like, he, he wasn't happy about it, so he might have been motivated in a different way. But I do feel like that is covering Nagy's butt a little bit because – he, he was so, you guys, he was such a control freak about calling the plays and such a, like, we're going to do it this way. And you're like, just because th- that is what got you the head coaching job doesn't mean that's what you should be doing now. And I feel like the success that we're seeing over these last couple of weeks is the fact that he's not having to do so many things or trying to do so many things. And, and I think that's where he got lost, where he just had too many things on his brain at a game and he was overthinking everything. Like, dude, just call the uh, run the ball. Like, it's just, it's not that hard. <laughs> See, I, I would actually say that the benching was good for Nagy, right? Like, you, you can make that argument. Could, could you not now? Like, it woke him up. Like, it woke him up. Like, yeah. it, it forced him look in the mirror. Like, oh, like I crap. can't even do this with Nick Foles, the guy yeah. I brought in here. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Foles stinks. Oh man, does my <laughs> offense stink? Like, what's going on? Like, but seriously, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm being facetious here a little bit, but like, it was a humbling experience. I think for a, a lot of people at Hallis, all like, oh, maybe we're doing this wrong a, a little bit. Maybe we need to fully reevaluate our offensive approach. It's not just Mitch. Our offensive line can't get going. David Montgomery right. can't go. And this guy that we loved coming out of the draft a year ago, we can't, we can't get him going. Like, maybe the benching, you know, yeah, sure, it probably got Trubisky all sorts of fired up. But for, for Nagy, you know, at least led to some soul searching, you know, some beneficial mm-hmm. soul searching, let's call it. Because let's face it, it's a completely different offense that they're running right now, right? 
Totally. Totally. And I mean, how many weeks did he say, we're going to figure out the why? And I wanted to be like, sir, it, it might be you. Okay. Like that's the why. Why is that working? <laughs> Dion, are, are the theme of this episode today is uh, Christmas movies. Oh, awesome. I so love Christmas movies. before you get out of here, you have to give us your favorites and maybe like your go-to Christmas Eve movie. Okay. Um, so my favorites Christmas vacation is way up there, way up there. Um, you don't know how many times this week I've said it's the holidays. We're all miserable. Um, mm-hmm. I've said that many times <laughs> or I mean, I, I just absolutely love that movie. Um, uh, love actually is my go-to Christmas Eve, but I'm still like, I like, uh, the classics of with the kids. I mean, that's the number. My daughter loves Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and that is on a lot in our house, and it's just magical 48 minutes of fun. So that one definitely. Um, but I do, I'm still, I'm a glutton for a good Hallmark movie. Wait, wait a minute. None of them are good. I'm just a glutton for the <laughs> obvious Hallmark movie. <laughs> I love, I mean, I just, that's my like brain, just have it on in the background because it's so predictable. And in the end, it's snowing and everybody's in love. And it just feels like the world is in a better place. <laughs> what about you guys? I'm drawn to, well, I love the Home Alones. Oh, I absolutely love the Home Alones. Mm-hmm. I was watching it this morning. Home Alone 2, actually, everybody, might be better than the original. Can I just say that? Like, Home Alone 2, like, how often do you say the sequel is better than the original? Other than, like, Godfather 2. You think it, so? Yeah, and ho- maybe Home Alone 2. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. Home Alone 2 gets right into it. The, the Christmas pageant scene, you know, where, where Buzz is Buzz. And I love this scene. Like after that, where the where Buzz is making the apology and it's just so fake. <laughs> what a Very New true. York City traitor. Yeah. Who, me? Yeah, oh. you. you. Come can't, on. Yeah, no you can't be a Chicagoan who says Home yeah. Alone 2 oh. is better. 2 is better? No, 2 oh, is not better. Yes, I can. I agree. 2 is not better. 1 is, it's such a classic. We want to take the kids to the house. Have you guys been there? I have been. We did that during the quarantine this year. Yes. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. we want to do that. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. You can have your opinion. It's just wrong. Oh, I'm Go still ahead. going. The, the trout <laughs> sniffer comment, the Mr. Cheapskate comment. Fine, I'm done. Home Alone 2, better than the original. I'm going out on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We will let you. might be alone, but we will let you be there. <laughs> All right. Well, we're so going to go. You? Uh, oh, what about you? Well, we're, we're going to go deeper into this later in the podcast. Um, uh, so so I'll share. It. Let's see. Well, I'll share an obvious one now. It's in... In our family, we've already watched Elf four times this summer. Oh, great one. Yeah, we love Elf, too. You just can't go wrong with Elf. You cannot. And James loves it, too. So it's like always on. Did you see this on on, on social media, that that scene where he's chasing the Santa Claus guy in the middle of the crosswalk in Manhattan? Was it real? It was improvised. Yeah, it it was not a character like of the movie. It was? It was just the guy walking down the street. I believe that. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah. That doesn't shock me with Will Ferrell. That movie's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's a, just such a genius. He's, so, he's a genius. He's a genius. And talk about somebody who can't, like, when he's in character, he can't be deterred. And it's like, that's a gift. Not, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Now I just want to watch Christmas movies. I have to work today. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch Christmas movies. And when do yeah? When do we actually get to like just sit down and enjoy Christmas? I oh, it's still football season. It's still football season. You know, it's always going to be football season during the holidays. So they should move, that they should move Christmas. They should move Jesus's move. birthday <laughs> <laughs> to like February. We can celebrate in January. The Bears are never playing in January. Oh, <laughs> wow! That, and that's Ooh. a good way to go out. Dion yeah. Miller with the great shot. Uh, follow her on Twitter at dmillerabc7. You should be following her. We love her very much. She's been awesome Same. to our podcast. And uh, it's good to talk to you again. And see your face here as we do this on Zoom because we definitely miss Thank seeing you. you at House Hall. Same. I appreciate you guys a lot. And um, yes, I will be listening no matter what. So keep up the Now you get work. to listen to yourself a little bit. <laughs> I do. Oh, and I cashed in on the two for one with The Athletic. Boom. Gave one to my dad. Done and Thank done. You. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Perfect. One for me, one for him. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dion. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you. Merry Christmas. 
When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, keeping things rolling on the podcast, and we go from... Dion Miller torturing us about the uh, Christmas treats that we definitely will not be eating this week. Like to we Kevin normally, Fishbane just torturing us. <laughs> to just Kevin Fishbane torturing <laughs> us. That was too easy. I'm sorry. Hey, Kev. I, I can't believe I have to follow up Dion. That's, you know, there's one thing, you know, I went Matt Bowen last week. That's one thing. But Dion, I can't, I can't compete with Dion. Look at you proudly wearing your Northwestern hat today. Brandon Joseph and Peter Skaronsky made the uh, athletic uh, all uh, freshman all American team. Well, Brandon Joseph could like he's probably at least a second team all American. Yeah. Also, the the Cats men's basketball team knocked off number four Michigan State. So okay, we're that- we're, we're good. We're a football school. We're a basketball school. We're we're in good shape. This is what I don't know why do. anybody would ever want to leave Northwestern. Whoa, whoa, you sound worried. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me ask you one quick thing, Hope, because you were there before, okay. and then this will be my 15 seconds in Northwestern. Okay. okay. End of the third quarter, into the fourth. Fitz has the whole team around him, right? And he's they showed it on TV, and I know Fitz does this a lot, and especially in close games, but he's got the whole team there, and he's going full Fitz. And just firing them all up. This is the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yes. Yes. Okay. You can't do that in the NFL. Like, that doesn't happen. You know? Yeah, but you don't, I, I, don't I know, do it. I know. It's a little thing. But I'm just saying, like, I, whenever people think about I'm not saying Fitz is never going to coach in the NFL. I'm not. Heck, he could be a head coach this year, Fall I know. But I just, like, there's just little things that, like, that guy appreciates and values about what it means to coach in college that you just you just lose that when you go to the pros. And you're I mean you're gonna say he knows that, right? He does. Well yeah, I, yes. I think he's a smart enough coach to know what will and will not work at the next level. I just think that that would be that I always think about that when I think about the possibility of him coaching the NFL, just how much he loves that element of uh of coaching, being able to coach at that I, level. I would also say that even at the college level, you know, getting to see him up close every week and the way he operates, he's, he knows when to pick and choose which when to press what buttons. And Lovey Smith was good at that when he was the Bears coach. You know, he would know when was the right game to go in that locker room at halftime and light up his defense. Because they weren't playing well enough and up to up to his expectations. So, uh, and then you'd you'd hear those stories trickle out, you know, later in the week about what Lovey said at halftime. I think that he's he he would be just fine. And I think that the fact that um, I have a, a feeling that what Matt Rule, even though the the Panthers aren't that great this year from a record standpoint, I think overall people are impressed with Matt what Matt Rule's doing in Carolina, and I think that is only probably increasing some of this growing interest that we're hearing from the likes of Adam Schefter when he reports on Sunday that teams are doing their homework and ready to interview Fitz if he'll do it. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Kevin's just doing everything he can to talk himself out of such a thing happening. Well, and, and here's a good transition because I still believe that the job he would consider most is the Chicago Bears job. And not necessarily sure that job's going to be open. And this is what I wanted to ask you about. 
a lot of people are it's like as Trubisky improves and this offense improves many are just getting angrier at Matt Nagy <laughs> for not making the changes he's made sooner and that is a fair criticism I want to bring up this counterpoint to you guys and just see how you feel about it but what if this is evidence that Matt Nagy knows now that he needs to adapt and is willing to adapt and a sign of future success of him basically doing just that, adapting and moving on the fly midseason because that's what, to be successful in the NFL, and this is something we said for weeks when he was seemingly stubborn and wouldn't change, that you have to be able to adapt, adapt or die. But he's showing that now. So if the Bears fire him, are they missing out on a coach that's learned from his mistakes and could go on and be a good head coach elsewhere? I, I think this goes back to what I was saying about in the, the segment with Dion about this the benching being beneficial for Nagy probably more than it was for Trubisky. Like Trubisky has an emotional value in this. Nagy had has like this learning curve that that happened during this 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 benching, whatever you want to call it, um, this reckoning um, that happened in the middle of the season. So, Kev, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this. I think I know where you're, where you're going to go, but um, I, I I'm almost in agreement with with Hogue on this that you know sometimes learning um, has value, and even if it does come, you know, later. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I said this, John Z, to you yesterday after our live chat. It is an interesting time to be a Bears fan because, and Hogue, you've seen this, I'm sure, in your Twitter mentions because fans like don't know what to do with themselves. Like here, the team is playing at a level on offense that we have not seen since 2013, and they're running the ball the way we haven't seen since Jordan Howard, and they've won. Oh, it's only two games in a row, but there's this. That they they have a meaningful Week 16 game, something that they don't have very often in the past couple of decades, and for a lot of people, it's hard to uh, you know you, uh, juxtapose that with the future of the quarterback, the head coach, the general manager. So there's just like all this you know angst. I get and I get it, and frankly, it makes our jobs more interesting, right? Because you know the people are just very intrigued by this team in several directions, and, and I think I, I'm getting to Matt Nagy here because we've always known, I think that there's a sense from what we know about George McCaskey, that he will look for a reason not to clean house, not to fire the head coach. And I think right now, Matt Nagy's giving it to him. I think he's giving him reason why the head coach should stay. And look guys, you know, we see what's happened in Cleveland. We've seen what's happened in uh, Arizona. Some of these teams that like, just churn through head coaches and the bears have become that team since lovey smith and, and this is a franchise that would love to not have to do that not have to go into the head coaching carousel again and and if this you know adaptation from matt Nagy, this ability to adjust um keeping his team going showing finally like this offensive acumen in, in a completely different way than he was brought in to do i i think it's worth you know discussing if yeah if this is you know, I think John's. I think you asked him the question about it uh, in Monday's press conference. The idea that this is this is good for him too. That this is good for his resume. Uh, you know what they've done, and, and and you know what, guys. Too, I'll wrap this up. You're allowed to appreciate what's going on and still wonder why it took so long. But I do think there's some nuance to why it took so long. When you look at the schedule, you look at what they were doing. Remember, they looked okay against the Saints, and that was an overtime loss, right? And, and that was what Nick Foles' third or fourth start. You know, they beat the Bucks, they beat the Panthers, they get blown off by the Rams, and they looked okay against New Orleans. So, like, you're not going to do it then. Titans game was awful, but are, are is that are you going to bench him after that one game, really? And then you have the Vikings game. So, I I, I, I fail to see kind of from a quarterback standpoint. There's other things maybe Matt Nagy could have done, but the offensive line, you had injuries, you had COVID. I'm rambling. I know. But I, I think I, I guess I'll defend the head coach here that it's hard for me to see, you know, where would have been a, a more fitting spot for him to make these changes. I've always argued. We've always argued, Adam and Kevin, that it would take a complete collapse 
for such a change to happen, right? And I think that collapse was occurring, but now it, it, it's ended, and it's just not how it how it's ended, right? They, they didn't just squeak out a victory against the Texans. They pummeled the Texans, right? They go on the road and beat um, the Vikings, a divisional rival, which, hit, like, they're, they're not a good team, but they're better than the Texans, and they're playing for their playoff lives, and they beat them. wasn't pretty in the end. But a win's a win. You know, Matt Nagy is eight games over 500 as a coach. And I know some fans are like, oh, you know, like they, they don't care and they still want to clean house and whatnot. But that matters to George McCaskey. Like it still resonates with him, that record. Um, Can I just bring up Sean Payton's first three years real quick, you know, as a head coach? Speaking of learning and adjusting and all this stuff, Adam. His first year with the Saints, 2006. He went ten and six. Second year went seven and nine. Third year went eight and eight. Fourth year went thirteen and three. Won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Bears are going to do that next year, but I think sometimes there is value in maybe seeing it through one more year. Yeah, I just think that that sometimes we're in a rush to make quick decisions on whether or not coaches can actually coach, be head coaches. And sometimes it's obvious, you know, like with Mark Tressman, it was obvious. Like two years, it was obvious. The guy should not have been an NFL head coach. And that was obvious in all the things you saw break down in the second half of that season. But there's a difference here. And it's why even when things were as bad as they could have been after that loss to the Lions, I was bringing that up. Like as bad as things look, we covered 2014. It's not that bad. These players are still playing for him. And I thought that that counted for something. That in many, many NFL locker rooms, you would have lost the trust in the head coach in that moment. And that was not occurring. So that left everything else. And it's been a humbling year for Matt Nagy. This turnaround, he he benches the quarterback, and that looks to be a bad move. The guy he brought in was awful. So that didn't work. He has to give up play calling, which was tough for him to do. And then this offensive turnaround is basically occurring with him not calling the plays, going back to the quarterback he benched, and in many ways getting away from the offense he wants to run. And now they're winning. Like, that's humbling, and it, and I totally understand why a lot of fans look at what I just said and say, well, that's why you got to fire him, because everything he wants to do isn't working, and now it's working when they're not doing what he wants to do. I'm saying, and I said this when he gave up play calling, that this would make him a better head coach. It would help him open up his eyes to the adapting that the Bears needed to do to going back to Trubisky, to running the offense that they need to run. So it depends on how you want to look at it. And I'm just saying that if he figured this out and those players still love playing for him, I think it's going down a dangerous road to fire him. And I think he absolutely, maybe not absolutely, but there's a big strong case to make that the Bears should give him another year to see what this all looks like next year when he resets in the offseason. I think it's a mistake to say that these changes are happening happening regardless of Matt Nagy. They're happening because of Matt Nagy too. Can we just like make that clear? Like his his influence on this offense is still paramount. Bill Lazor calls it Matt Nagy's Coach Nagy's offense. He's still influential in what play calls Bill Lazor has, and this this is coming off as a straight defense of Nagy and. Whatever, that's fine. You know, he is still very open to criticism, but there is value in, like, fixing the collapse that was occurring, right? Like, this could have gone way off the rails. Like, that Texans game was just perfect to make this worse. It didn't get worse. Instead, there's signs that things potentially could get better. Intriguing signs. If they lose to Jacksonville, though, we're we're we're, we're firing everybody again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You know, I'm guilty of probably overreacting a, l- a little bit. But when you get blown out by the Packers and you suffer an ugly loss like you did against the Lions, in, in, which was a collapse all into itself, like it's it's fair to 
you know, at least explore the mindset of George McCaskey, who calls himself a fan, who feels games like a fan, and and might want to react like a fan sometimes and and fire everybody. But I I do wonder what what George is feeling right now as he steps back a little bit, sees his team playing well, sees a young quarterback playing better, um, and all the advanced measurements say that as well, too, guys. But yeah, it, it's it's starting the trend. To, to Hoke's point, it's starting the trend, you know, where, where Matt Nagy seems safe for 2021. There there are these two landmines, obviously, because you have a Jaguars team that is, you know, 1-13. in 13. You have the possibility of playing Packers backups with your playoff hopes on the line. So you know, there are these opportunities for them to have a really another really, really bad loss in the resume. But, Johns, I think you bring up a good point about George McCaskey because – we got a bunch of questions at live chat like about the competition, right? Who they're playing. Do you think George McCaskey cares who they beat? I don't think he gives. Yeah, I don't think he cares at all. He he cares that they won. He's not sitting there looking up the Texans record and their DVOA on defense. He's not looking up the Vikings, you know, opponent passer rating and yards per carry allowed. He wants this team to win. So the difference, too, between like George McCaskey's a fan, but he doesn't look at it like the way that a lot of Bears fans do, you know, because he just he's not going to have time to sit there and, and he, he doesn't have the luxury of poo pooing a victory. This team needs to win. He wants them to win. And the other thing, too, in that point, when we talk about changes, whenever you talk about a change of a head coach or GM with this team, you have to consider the possibility of a full reset, a full restart. You have to consider the possibility of trading star players and, and starting over at quarterback and all those things. And I, I think there are some very legitimate reasons to support that idea. I think that you can make an argument that even this team finishes eight and eight, that they should totally start over. Like I, I, you can totally sell me on that. You know who that's a hard sell on is the chairman of the organization who has not had a single fan in the stadium the entire year. Like you are taking an economic hit this year. And then if you and then you're going to say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to pay all these coaches and personnel guys to go away. Then we're going to pay all these guys to come in. After we just lost all this money. And by the way, we're going to rebuild. So we're not going to be very good for a few years like this is just and again, I'm not saying that that's a bad strategy for the long term. I'm just saying that is not. I just feel like pragmatically that is not something that this is, this ownership group is going to be very excited to do after a season like this. Maybe one more year. Maybe after next year if yeah. it continues, yeah. but and look, the Bears are in NFL hell a little bit. You know, just being this medi- you know, being kind of mediocre, like just good enough to be in it but not bad enough to have a chance at Trevor Lawrence. Like we get it. You know, we wrote we had the story last week about the Bears and Eagles being in that spot. So it's not a great spot to be in. And John's like that scenario is not very exciting for Bears fans to have to be, you know, go through another year of this where they're going to be toiling at six and ten or seven and nine and eight and eight. And then maybe that that'll be what it, what it takes. But I, I just I, I just think that that George McCaskey is going to want reasons to keep guys that also these are guys that from everything we know that he likes. He likes yeah, Ryan Pace. We, we, we were talking about like with with Dion. It would just their roster isn't bad enough to facilitate. That major overhaul, that, that home run swing at a, at a quarterback again, whether that's for like for that next GM, like if say they do clean house, like you're looking at what the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth overall pick or something like that, like it's 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 I don't think it's as black and white as, as some people want to make it out to be in terms of the the clean house scenario. Well, it's definitely not right black now. and white, that's for sure. Um, but I think it's important to let these last two weeks play out because we've seen two. I, I remember writing at the bye week, you know, let's let these last six weeks play out, look at the full picture, and the first two weeks of the six-week stretch were as bad as they could have been, getting blown out in Green Bay and blowing a lead to the Lions. And then the last two weeks have been much, much better. Well, there's still two more weeks to go here. I don't think they're going to lose to the Jaguars. It's a thing that could happen, as we learned, though, from the Jets and Bengals winning the last couple days. Um, and that would that could obviously change the conversation, as could getting blown out by the Packers again or beating the Packers. So well, let's, let's take a step back and see what this looks like two weeks from now and 
but because you're right, it's not black and white. That's for sure. Let's get to a a, a much more important conversation, and that is uh, Christmas movies. Because Adam Johns uh, thinks that Home Alone Two is better than Home Alone, and he is a traitor to Chicago for thinking that. And quite frankly, should probably be suspended from this podcast for a couple podcasts. But um, we also want to talk about other Christmas movies. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. How about that? Kevin does not look eager to have this conversation. Sorry, I got distracted by Spencer Ware's LinkedIn page saying that he's joining the Bears. Oh, fun. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, I I love Christmas movies. Let's get into it. It's Home Uh, Alone 2, but in Home Alone 1. No. Does anybody think it is? I do. No. I do. No. I Home, do. I'll say this. Home Alone 2 is good. It's not better than Home Alone 1. It's Home Alone 2 where he's lost in New York. Right? Yes. That's literally the title. Yeah. I can't even I can't even tell you anything that happened in that movie other than he was in New York. Well, he had a sweet hotel room. Yeah. yeah. The Pigeon Lady? Come on, Kev. Oh, yeah. I don't like oh, the Pigeon Lady. I remember that. Yeah, no. Home Alone. Oh, come on. You prefer the, the neighbor with the shovel. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a neighbor with a shovel guy than nice, friendly pigeon lady. <laughs> you gotta love the the shovel yeah, guy the, turned out to be nice too. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nice, crazy old shovel guy. Yeah. I mean, let's just write the same movie twice and they have did. the same character. They did, but this time he's lost in New York, and this time it's a pigeon lady instead of a shovel guy. So here, here's uh, here are my thoughts. First of all, my go-to Christmas Eve movie, if you even call it a movie, this has been in the last five years. There was a Netflix special called A Very Murray Christmas with Bill Murray. I know what you're talking about. It's almost more of like a variety like special. It's, I believe, only an hour, so it's a quick watch, and it's him playing himself... And the premise is that there's a big snowstorm in New York City and he's supposed to have a special and the power goes out and the whole thing's a disaster and they just make the most of Christmas Eve with a bunch of celebrities in it. And you just got to trust me. It's really, really good. I've watched it every year since 2015 since it came out. It, it's And I don't know that a lot of people know about it. And it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix special, so it's not going anywhere either. You should watch it. Obviously, Kevin Fishbane has not watched it. So he should this week. I should. That sounds that sounds right up my alley. And again, it's only an hour, so it's quick. All right. We talked about Elf earlier with Dion. That's an obvious one. Elf is great. Christmas Vacation, obviously great. Underrated. If you want to go crazy, like, you know, crude, ridiculous type comedy, Office Christmas Party is hilarious. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And, you know what and, else? Real quick, that is an underrated, to me, like an underrated Chicago movie. It is in Chicago. Because it takes place in Chicago. There's like the bridge downtown, go jump in the river, that whole thing. But not only does it just take place in Chicago, but I feel like the idea of a crazy office Christmas party is actually a very Chicago thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got another New York City one for you. That, where do you live? <laughs> Chicago. Have you ever seen The Night Before with Seth Rogen? No, that's actually on my list. Is it worth watching? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's in that ridiculous category, but it's it's pretty funny. But it's got a deep element to it at the same time. Yeah. I'm writing that one down. Watch it in the next couple of days. So I, I, I like that one. Um, I'm sure my wife will turn on Love Actually at some point. Um, I had I had that on my list of of sentimental movies I can always watch. Why does your wife need to turn that on? Why don't you turn that on yourself? It's a great movie. If I'm gonna, oh, I'm going Home Alone. Home Alone too. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you can't just keep watching Home Alone. <laughs> I've watched Home Alone too, at least over the past couple weeks, three or four times with my youngest son. Okay. It's a movie I am drawn to. Like th- th- that's how I like would characterize Christmas movies. Like ones that I'm just like drawn to for humor and just the feel good nature of them. Now, does Little Martellus really love it? 
Yeah. Or is he? Are you just making him? Are you just forcing him to keep watching it? No, he always picks Home Alone too. Maybe he just likes the the word too. <laughs> he he like prefers that. the number two over the number one, so we just keep watching Home Alone two over and over again. Uh, the other, I would say, underrated like family sentimental movie I was going to throw out there besides Love Actually is The Family Man. Oh, with Nicolas Cage. It's like one of two yeah. Nick, Nick Cage movies, actually. Yeah. Like The other one is Face Off, which is definitely not a Christmas movie. <laughs> what, what, a, with Travolta? what about Travolta? Face Off's a great movie. <laughs> what about The Rock? The Rock that, stinks. The Rock's incredible. Face Off's better. <laughs> Sean Connery. Fa- Family Man is... Uh, I don't know. Wait, Face Off is the one with him and John Travolta, right? When John Travolta had like, the career rebirth, and they're, like, they take the guy's faces off, right? Kevin, <laughs> I... This is I'm going to tell you this, and this is 100% true. Two more years of you being a dad, you go back and watch Family Man, and you're going to be like, I totally jive with this movie. <laughs> or I'll be stuck watching Home Alone 2. And you'll appreciate it more. <laughs> Probably not. Where do you uh, guys stand on uh, I, It's a Wonderful Life? Um, I don't, I'm not drawn to it. Um, I, I like it, you. but I don't want to watch it. If that yeah, makes sense. I, I can't tell you if I've actually seen it in its entirety, to be honest with you, either. Um, I don't know. Um, I get, for some people, that's a, like the iconic Christmas movie that's a must-watch. Me, it's it's just not up there. It's good, but I don't... It's, I don't I mean, that was one of our family's uh, like traditions, was watching that. Um, although, a few years ago, it did shift to Die Hard. Um, See, I'm not in that, like, I'm with you that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, but I'm not where it's on my must-watch list. Yeah, if Die Hard's on, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it for a little bit, but um, it's, it's, it's still Die Hard. Speaking of, like, sequels, Die Hard with a Vengeance is good. Which number was that? I think, like, seven. <laughs> wow. I think three. Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We watched um, that last night. And Sinbad, we watched that right? Last night. Sinbad's yeah, and Sinbad. the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, Sinbad, yeah, the bad mailman who like yeah. uses that old postal service angst. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Is that does that get on the, the list of Christmas movies? No. How do you guys have all this time to watch these movies? I do not understand this. Well, I didn't watch them all this week. <laughs> I don't know the. I actually don't know the last time I watched it. Since I've become a dad, I, I we could barely get through an episode of The Bachelorette without interruption. So you watched I, Jingle All the Way yesterday. I, I, I watched did. it probably years ago. It's oh. just on my mind. John's did. John's has watched no, John's three. Did. How many Christmas movies have you watched since the Bears game ended on Sunday? Oh, since the Bears game ended on Sunday, just two. Home Alone 2. I didn't even finish Home Alone 2 because I had to prep for a podcast, apparently. Um, oh, okay. And Sorry, watched, we took away your uh, I, I watched Jingle All the Way in Chunks uh, yesterday as I made dinner. And other Christmas movies. I watched The Christmas Chronicles 2 earlier this month. The Kurt Russell one on, on Netflix. Are those good? Um, I haven't watched those. First one's better. I'll actually say the original is better than... My son here is saying to, next to me, saying no, number two is better now. Um, so, the sequels are big in the John's household. Um, Jingle Jangle. Your son, who loves Netflix. the number two, thinks that the second one. No, better. this is actually the oldest. That's okay. the oldest one. Yeah, <laughs> N- number three's running around upstairs somewhere. Is that what you do now? You just name your kids by numbers. By numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would have to do <laughs> if I had as many as you do. <laughs> hey, number one, <laughs> who's. Literally sitting next to me eating Nutella, laughing at you guys. We do have five boys amongst this podcast. We've actually talked about this on the Bears Beat. How many boys there are amongst our offspring? Yes, right? there's a lot of boys. Have we, haven't we talked? We, I think the number is like up to, it's like close to 20. Larry Mayer, Bob Laguerre, Jeff Dickerson, Pat Finley. All have sons. By the way, as, as 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 much fun as we have with you having three sons, I'm not sure there's a better bit than Brad Biggs's names for Larry's sons. <laughs> it's I can't even remember him every time he does it, but there's Larry Jr., there's little Larry, and then there's little Larry Jr. Correct. Right? Do I have that yes. right? Yes. Okay. And by the way, I think like two of them are like grown men now. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe yeah. not that. Maybe not I think, that. I think old, we actually saw a couple of them at the combine at the bar. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Did you guys <laughs> ever see? Did you guys ever see uh, Eight Crazy Nights? Uh, I don't. I feel like I did a long time ago, but I'm not. Because I actually have not seen it in yeah, its entirety. So. Right. Need some. We get, let's get some more Hanukkah movies up in here. I'm okay with that. I got nothing against Hanukkah. Or Chanukah, as Smokey Robinson. That was hilarious. It. That was the funniest thing that I watched that video like three times. John, did you see that? No. Smokey Robinson did a um, cameo for somebody, and the cameo wanted him to wish him a happy Hanukkah, but it was spelled with the CH version, and he did not know what it was. And he was he straight up called it Chanuka. Go look this video up, everybody. It's so funny. He's like, they want me to wish you a happy Chanuka. I have no idea what Chanuka is. But have a happy Chanuka. That's pretty good. Oh, it's amazing. God bless the internet. All right. It has its benefits. Like this podcast. I gotta go. Speaking of sons, I think mine's just running around the house crazy at this point. I, he probably needs some attention or to watch Home Alone too. There you go. Put it on. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at K Fishbane. Thanks to Dion Miller for joining us today. Thanks to our producer, Kent Garrison, for all the hard work he does on the podcast. We will be back on Christmas Eve with our preview of the Jaguars game. We're going to knock it out uh, early, I think, on Christmas Eve. Make sure we get that preview episode for you before the weekend. Uh, and then see what the Bears do. Be an interesting weekend. Four straight days of football. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to that. Four straight days at NFL games starting on Friday. Should be a fun weekend. Guys, good stuff. Johnsy, talk to you on Christmas Eve. See ya. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year.